Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Say they Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another Trading Camp episode here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Galata, and then also you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Dis. We have a very jam-packed episode in store for you guys today, as the Saints just released Nigel Bradham earlier today when I'm recording this on a Monday, so that was kind of surprising news, as the Saints kind of added Bradham as more of a veteran presence. Now, obviously, they feel really good about their depth with their young players, like Caden Ellis, Joe Bashi whoever it may be, because that was a very interesting move that I want to talk definitely more about. Then there was also some more news as the Saints opened up another 80-man roster spot as special teams contributor Johnson Batamosi was moved to the IR. So that leaves now two spots open on this Saints roster. It's definitely going to be very interesting to see how they fill those spots. And I think we're definitely going to jump right into that in our news segment. And then after we are going to then get into our just training camp notes, observations, all that fun stuff from the last few days here. I think the offense is starting to get kind of into sync, which is what we love to see. Today on Monday, the offense had a great day, especially in the two-minute drill, which is like, I wonder if Sean Payton was like, oh, we got to get this offense going. Let's put Drew Brees in a two-minute drill because that just seems to get them going. Brees leaned on Michael Thomas, surprise, surprise, but hit two 40-yard-plus passes to Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith. So that's obviously really great to see as it seems like Drew Brees is definitely still tossing it deep. And it seems now with accuracy as he hit not only one pass over 40 yards, but two. So I thought that was really great. The defense, I think, still looks very solid. You definitely see some key contributors. I think the Saints are liking what they see out of their defense, especially their secondary and their linebacking depth. So I think that's obviously very, very big. But I wanted to start off with the news about Nigel Bradham being cut from the Saints here, as that is a good transition, talking about the Saints' really solid linebacking depth and how it's played to this start of training camp. The Saints are impressed of what the young guys have done. So that means like Caden Ellis, Joe Bashy. Another guy to look at is Chase Hansen, as those three guys have really came on strong. Also, Zach Bond, I want to say that as well. And I think that he's really grown into a starter-type player for the Saints, and I think the Saints are now comfortable with him playing in a starter role if Kiko Alonso isn't ready to start off the season. And I think that, look, that's great. Bond has been very good at the start of training camp. You have seen flashes of him. At first, the Saints were saying it was kind of an up-and-down thing for him, but I think over the last week, he's come along in a good way. On Monday, he did have a good practice, but he did go down with an injury, and we're going to see what happens there. We're actually going to get into that later. But I think this news with Bradham, which was, again, it, it is definitely something to take note of because this really shows that the Saints 
didn't need the extra depth that they thought they needed. And I think it's also kind of compounded on the fact that Bradham supposedly didn't come in the best of shape. This is according to Jeff Duncan of The Athletic. So I thought that was very interesting. And like, again, him not coming in good shape is not a good start for him, even getting in day one. And then Sean Payton basically said it was based on what we saw during practice. And it really, it, I think it was more about the Saints liking their young linebacking group here and the depth that they'll be able to create here. And it just made Bradham unnecessary. I think the Saints would have kept Bradham in that third tier, like that third backup position. And according to Brian Bienemy, he said that he didn't want to do that and he was sluggish and he was lethargic and he was upset. So the Saints really kind of ran out of options here with Bradham and they had to kind of go to their last resort, which was to cut him. And I think this is probably a little of both sides. I think probably the Saints didn't expect them to have so much good depth by these young linebackers. So they added Bradham as more of just, okay, if these guys don't pan out the way we want them to, at least we have a nice veteran in Bradham. And I still think that's the case. I think just because Bradham was cut doesn't mean you may not see him later on in either training camp or maybe the regular season if we see a lot of injuries or you see some guys not play as well as you thought. But look, if Bradham wasn't in the best of shape, he didn't want to play with the third teamers, I don't know how you can keep him on this team. And again, it just seemed like the spot that he was going to take was just filled up by these Saints young players, the Caden Ellis's of the world, the Zach Bonds of the world, the Joe Bashis of the world, and all of these guys really just pushed Bradham out of his spot. And look, I thought Bradham was going to make this team. I said it. He was in my 53-man roster prediction. I thought that it was basically a sure bet that he would make this team. And he ends up not making this team, which to me is very interesting. And again, this is not even at cut date. This is before the cut date. So it just shows that it looks like Bradham and the Saints really weren't a fit as maybe they thought they were, or maybe that the Saints didn't think they had as much depth as they thought, which is something else you have to look into as well. But right now, again, I'm surprised that he got cut. I was wrong. Like, I thought he would make this team for sure. He didn't, but I think, look, you compound being out of shape with some guys really playing good, some young guys playing good early. I think that that's kind of what did it in for Bradham. And honestly, I'm not that mad that he got cut or like that was the wrong move. If the Saints felt like these young guys are better, I think you got to go with the young blood. And I think it's really great what we're seeing out of Zach Bond. It seems like he's kind of grooming himself into becoming a starter, which to me is really good. And I think he's a guy that it will definitely be in the future of this Saints team, which I think is very great. I think you're seeing good things out of Caden Ellis in his second year after he was hurt most of last season. I'm very high on Caden Ellis. I think that if he keeps progressing, I think he could be part of this team's plans as well. You have Alex Anzalone coming off injuries. He looks really good and looks like he's going to be a starter this year. You have Chase Hansen, who has looked really good here, and he's kind of the surprise player that's looked really good. And maybe a player like him, a player like Joe Bashi, you kind of combine these two guys, and that just shows that, look, we don't need Nigel Bradham, especially when he doesn't really want to play the third team. He's a little out of shape. And now we got these young guys that are playing so well, you probably don't need him. So again, I think you combine that all together. And as I said, that's why he got cut. But I think this shows more of positives that the Saints have really good young depth. They trust Joe Bashi a lot. They really like him. So I feel like that could be a great undrafted free agent pickup here for the Saints. I think that you have Craig Robinson, who maybe he's going to be that veteran guy. Maybe he looked a lot better than Nigel Brown. I mean, he was getting those second team snaps. And then when Mar Demario Davis, excuse me, there 
was absent for just like an off day and like a veteran off day that he had, you had Craig Robertson step in the role, not Nigel Bradham. So maybe that was kind of reading the tea leaves. And I think in an off season like this, it's going to be really hard to like learn the playbook and everything. And Bradham was obviously coming in as a disadvantage there. And Craig Robertson probably beat him out in that respect as well. So maybe the Saints rather have Robertson as their veteran player, their kind of hype man as he's always talked about as, and like a good special teams player as well. And then you also add him with all this young depth and the Saints, they hope they'll be fine at the linebacking position and just shows how much depth they have because you're really thinking that your starters right now, your two definite starters are going to be Demario Davis, Alex Anzalone, and then you'll Kiko Alonso that's injured right now, but you're hoping he comes off of this injury soon or at least early in the season. You have Zach Bond, who you picked in the third round that you traded up to get. I think he's a guy that is kind of paving his way for the starting job. I really do think that. I said that earlier. And I think he's a guy that the Saints are grooming to be a starter, maybe not right away, but very close to being right away and definitely being a good contributor here early. I think the Saints like Caden Ellis and they want him to make this roster. And I think he's a guy that if he steps up, takes a few steps forward, I think he could be right in that starting conversation very, very soon. Same with Joe Bashi as well. And you also see Chase Hansen coming on. He's been really good after being hurt last season, all of last season. So maybe he's a player that also comes up. So that's going to be very interesting. And Judoel also part of that linebacking group as well. And the Saints at this point, maybe they rather have someone on the upswing like Caden Ellis or Joe Bashi than someone on the downswing like Nigel Bradham. And you can't be mad at them for doing it. And right now, I think that with the Saints, you can't say it was a bad move to cut Brad. I'm like, maybe these young players are really taking the next step. They're guys that will be part of this future. And Bradham, the Saints don't need that kind of placeholder. They don't need that extra veteran depth. You still have that veteran presence from a guy like Craig Robertson as like a depth player. Obviously, Demario Davis also gives great veteran presence as well. And you're going to just kind of put around those guys. You're going to put a lot of young guys that have a ton of potential. And now they're starting to show that potential. So I definitely understand this move, even though it is a surprise. It's a huge surprise to me. I thought that Bradham would have made this team as a slam dunk, but... You have a few young guys that are coming on strong here for the Saints, probably more than these coaches even expected, and that's going to make Bradham expendable here. So again, I didn't expect the move, but I'm not going to say, oh, it's bad being Mr. Negative with this move. I don't think that's the case here. I think it's more of a wait and see, and I think that the Saints have a lot of injuries. I think that you could see Bradham come back as more of a veteran player if things don't work out. I don't think the door is shut with him just yet, so... Again, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they fill those roster spots as well. Will they go out and get a guy like Jadavion Clowney? Maybe a guy like Logan Ryan? Maybe even Earl Thomas? I know that that would obviously be completely crazy, but I think with the luminous Sean Payton era, we've seen probably more crazy with free agent additions here. And again, it's going to be very interesting to see how all that plays out. And before we take a break here and move on to our training camp practice observations and kind of what happened there, I wanted to talk about one more transaction that the Saints made, and that's about safety Johnson Batamosi, who's also a special teams contributor. He's going to go on to IR after missing a lot of practices in a row, so that's going to open up another roster spot for the Saints. Now they'll have two to fill, and again, as I just said, who knows who's going to be filling those spots. Maybe it'll be a big-time player. Hopefully, you'll be a big-time player, and I think that's something that we all have to look out for. You obviously see Jadavion Clowney still out on the free agent market. That's something that you will definitely have to see, and honestly, I think as more time passes, the more likely 
that he'll come to New Orleans, but we'll see how that all figures out there, if they can kind of agree on the money. I think that's the one thing that's really keeping them apart and probably why the Saints are playing the waiting game so long with him. And I think that's probably why he's playing the waiting game as well. I think it just seems how likely is he going to take a really short deal here? That's not a lot of money. I think if he's willing to do that, I think he is a good possibility of coming to New Orleans. But right now, I wouldn't expect anything. But honestly, to have two roster spots open right now, it just creates some flexibility and it creates two spots that the Saints can go out and improve this roster right now. So before we get into our training camp observations and my thoughts on what the Saints have done so far, we are going to take a quick break. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back into the Houdat discussion. And now we're going to get into some Saints training camp practices, go out to actual football being played, and kind of just give my analysis on what's good about this team, what may need a little work, and kind of just jump right into it because... We kind of left you off on our last episode talking about how great this defense was playing and how it's really hit its stride and it's really challenging this offense and the offense hasn't really gotten sync yet. And I think the defense is still definitely challenging the offense, but I think the offense is starting to get into its rhythm. And I don't think that means the defense is playing so bad. I think it's just a lot of back and forth, a lot of tit for tat, like, okay, this possession, the defense won, this possession, the offense won. And as I said very early in this episode, that... This last episode on Monday was especially intense. It was in the two-minute drills, and the offense did a really good job getting down the field, especially with Breeze at the helm. And I think that's a big thing with the Saints and Drew Breeze. I think once those two-minute drills hit, Breeze is the master at him. I mean, there's nothing else you can say. He's a complete master. He had big throws to Michael Thomas, two touchdowns to him. He had two 40-yard-plus throws, one to Traquan Smith, and then one to Emmanuel Sanders, which was really, really big. And I feel like Breeze looks really good out there right now. I think he's hitting his stride, hitting that chemistry, which is really big. You'll love to see the deep balls down the field to Traquan Smith, Emmanuel Sanders, which was really big. I think Traquan's actually been really good. I mean, he's a guy that the coaches have been raving about. So I think that's really big. And I think Traquan could be a guy, if he comes in here and really steps up, he can really elevate this Saints offense. So that's obviously 
really big news. The Saints rushing attack also looks pretty solid as well. Ty Montgomery's been, to me, a training camp darling so far. He's a guy that's really had a great play every single time. Always, like, you see the highlights that the Saints put out. It's always Ty Montgomery making a play, and that's obviously really big. And, like, what all the writers that are watching the practices are saying, like, Ty Montgomery, he's been very good, and I think that's great to see. I think Montgomery could be a guy that comes up in here and plays a role for this team and plays it in a big way, I think, and he's a guy that I think if you play him correctly, he could be a huge positive to this team. Just thinking about all the ways that Sean Payton can use Montgomery, to me, this could be a really huge move for the Saints that was probably, like, unsung when he was signed in free agency. Like, I think people talked about him, but not like he was going to be this, like, amazing player. And he may not be that amazing player, but I think he's a guy that can fit a role really well, and you'll hear his name a lot as just a contributing player to the team. And for basically being on a veteran minimum, that's really all you can ask for. And that's, to me, above what you can ask for, for a guy like him. So I think a guy that's trying to kind of resurrect his career a little bit, I think he could be a really good fit with the Saints. I mean, he's a guy that comes up in here and I think was underused in New York, was underutilized in Green Bay, especially towards the end of his career. And in Baltimore, same thing, just underutilized. And I think now the Saints could utilize him correctly and I think he could kind of pay off some dividends for this team. I think he's a guy that we should definitely look at. And we might see a lot of him here in 2020 as he can definitely be one of many contributors to the Saints offense here. And I think Latavius Murray has been very, very solid. I think Alvin Kamara looks back to that 100%, that energized player that's breaking tackles. And I, I think he's a player that you see his body language being very good, which I think is great to see. He's a guy that we saw the one-on-ones between him and Demario Davis and AK beat Demario on this one-on-one. And it was just like, nobody can stop Alvin Kamara on the one-on-one, especially in those like option type routes. And then he broke it off vertical and it was just great to see. Not even one of the best pass defenders in the league like Demario Davis can stop him in these types of routes. And that just shows you the greatness of Alvin Kamara. And to me, it's just really great to see him there as well. The offensive line to me looks very strong as well. I think we did have some issues when the backup tackles were in, like both backup tackles were in. Then you saw some issues once the starters came back in. Really not that many issues. You have Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz kind of switching between center and right guard right now. So that's interesting to see. And I think both guys kind of are willing to play anywhere. And I think that the Saints are going to try to find the best fit. And I think they're going to go with the best fit. Now, personally, I think the best fit is Ruiz at center and McCoy at right guard, but we'll see what happens here. Maybe they want to go with McCoy right now because he obviously knows the offense. He played center last year on like a short OTAs and offseason. You maybe not want to throw Ruiz like kind of off the deep end playing center and having to be kind of the guy that looks for all the checks on the offensive line and stuff like that. Maybe you want to give it to a guy that already did it, especially when you just had a weird offseason, so maybe that happens. And right now you have Nick Easton playing left guard. Nothing really much to say on him. I think he's a guy that no news is good news for him. I think that if he's not giving up sacks, that's really big, and I think he's a player that I'm comfortable with playing until Andrews Pete comes back, and I definitely want to see what Pete can bring once he returns, though, and he was a guy that's Now, obviously hurt with that thumb injury, but he was working on the side over the last few days. So at least he's present in practice, getting some work in, and he's obviously rehabbing his way back 
from this injury. He should be back relatively soon. I think he's going to be back before the end of this training camp period, before the regular season. So that's just my opinion on it. So hopefully he returns there. I, honestly, I think the Saints offensive line, it's going to be really good. I think the only way that the Saints really run into a lot of trouble with the offensive line is just they have like two or three injuries. And if you have like two tackles go down, like that's going to be really hard to withstand. But that's any team. It's going to be really hard to withstand. And the likelihood of that happening is very low. Definitely knock on wood, but it is very, very low. And right now, like the Saints are coming in with just the starting five is great. You have great interior depth, in my opinion, with guys like Patrick Omame, like Nick Easton, guys like that. Then you have Cameron Tom, Will Clapp, also good depth. And then on your tackles, you have guys like James Hurst, who I think he will be a good backup tackle. Now, if another one goes down, I think that's when it may get a little dicey because then you're either going to play with Ethan Greenidge or Patrick Omame. I would be a little more kind of comfortable with Omame there, but if Greenidge really took that next step, maybe him there as well. But I think right now the Saints are looking really strong with their offensive line. I think they have a great starting five. I think they have really good depth. And I think the only way that this team really falters on the O-line is if like all of them get hurt, which you're hoping doesn't happen because I think you could say that about any team in the NFL. If all their offensive line get hurt or the majority of them get hurt, they'll be in trouble. So I do think that the Saints offensive line is looking really, really strong. Moving over to the defense, this secondary, everyone's been raving about it, especially with the addition of Malcolm Jenkins and Janoris Jenkins, as those two veterans have really helped glue this secondary. And I think that's really big. Like they say that Malcolm Jenkins is really doing a good job as kind of the glue of this group, as he's a guy that's been calling out everything. He's been communicating really well. He's kind of bringing in a really positive culture to the secondary, and that is 100% huge. Like, if the Saints can have, like, a solid secondary, like, as a Saints fan, as a pretty young Saints fan, that hasn't happened ever. So I'm really hoping that this year is finally the year where the Saints have a really solid secondary, and I think it could definitely happen. Like, top 10, I mean, like, top 5. I think that this group can do it. I think top 10 is more likely than top 5, but... Again, I wouldn't be surprised if they're up there with the tops in the league. I think they have great talent across the group. So I think that's huge. Marshawn Lattimore looks really good and looks motivated as he's kind of entering that contract year for him. I mean, technically it's a year before his contract year, but after the season, he's going to be looking for a big contract extension. So he has a ton of motivation to play here. Then Janoris Jenkins, who to me, opposite Lattimore, is a perfect fit. Bring in a veteran, a veteran ball hawker, no less, it's perfect opposite Marshawn Lattimore. And I think that these two guys will be an amazing pair. And then I think that's the same what you can say with Marcus Williams and Malcolm Jenkins. You have Marcus Williams, who is looks amazing, like most of the times, and then just sometimes between tackling, sometimes diagnosing plays has been a little kind of iffy. You bring Malcolm Jenkins, who's really good at diagnosing, really good at communicating, and Williams really has worked on his tackling, so you're hoping all that comes together for him. I think it's just a really nice compatible duo between them, so that's huge. And then you have Chauncey Garner-Johnson on top of that, who looks really good as going to be your nickel corner, and a guy that can really play all over. And then PJ Williams, you add him as well, who's really good depth, and I think he's looked very good at the start here in camp. So I'm just really excited to see what the secondary could do. I think they're extremely compatible with each other. I think they're going to bring out the best in each other. And I'm just excited to see them hit the field here. 
Then moving over to the linebackers, we've talked about them a lot. So we won't talk a ton about them, but these young guys look really, really good. Zach Bond, Caden Ellis, Joe Bashi, and then guys also like Chase Hansen, Andrew Dowell. All of them, I think, have looked very good and based on all the reports. And to me, that's really big. And I think a lot of these guys exceeded expectations, which is also really huge for this team. There is one thing I do want to say about Zach Bond. He's a guy that looked up and down in the beginning, but I think has really started to come on. And I think the Saints are really paving a way for him to be a starter on this team. Maybe not right away, but I think definitely this season. And Jeff Duncan first reported that Bond came up with a left leg injury after having a terrific practice. And then adding to that, Brian Bieniemy said that it was probably just a tweak and that he'll be just fine. So that's obviously really big. And I think that, look, Bond, I think this will probably be just a little, probably dust up here, probably won't be a big issue with this injury. So I think the Saints are really looking sky's the limit for Bond, and he's a guy that's going to come up in here and really make an impact here in 2020. I think they're going to bring him on at a good pace so he can really take this next step and really help this linebacking group, not only with depth, but also at the starting level as well. So I think that's really big for the linebackers. And then moving over to the defensive line, I think it's kind of more of the same year. I think Marcus Davenport has looked really good. Sheldon Rankins have looked really good. And I think these two guys are really the keys to the Saints defensive line right now. And having them play well is obviously really, really big there. And I'm really excited to see them hit the field once the season starts as well. And both of them look like they're kind of behind their injuries, which is really good. And the one guy that's really stuck out has been Carl Granderson. I think he's a guy that if he could bring it all together, he can really fit out a role on this team, which again, for an undrafted free agent is really big. I mean, last year he kind of had the whole off the field issues. So he missed training camp and all that stuff. But once he came onto the roster, I think he did make an impression. And now with a full training camp and with those off the field issues seemingly behind him, it does seem pretty positive for Granderson. And I'm happy to see him playing well. I think he could really offer a ton of value for the Saints. And with him playing in that depth role, with other guys like Trey Hendrickson, Mario Edwards, Marcus Hunt, it does offer really nice kind of cushion just in case a Marcus Davenport does go down, Sheldon Rankins does go down. So I think having these guys is really big, and seeing Granderson show out here in training camp is also very nice to see for the Saints. I think really everything else was status quo for the defensive line, and those are the guys that really showed out there. Obviously, Cameron Jordan being very energetic. I think that was the big thing with him, and he's been playing good as well. Just kind of normal Cameron Jordan there, so nothing to worry about on that front. And I think overall, the Saints have had some really, really good practices. I think they have been competitive. I don't think one side has really taken the show. I think the defense has played very, very well, and I think they kind of stole the show to begin. But I think today's practice, the offense played really well, and I think you're starting to see the offense really come on. So I think that's big, and it's definitely been a battle there. And that's what you want to see here in these practices. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this episode. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. So that means on Twitter, at the Houdat Dis. You could also follow me on Twitter personally, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the Houdat Discussion on Instagram, at Houdat Discussion. And then also, you can listen to this podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and really anywhere else there. 
And honestly, this Saints training camp period has looked really good. It's really exciting to see everyone out there. And honestly, I'm just pumped for the start of the season, as I say every episode. And I think soon we're going to also start off our schedule preview. We're going to go game by game with the Saints, win, lose, and we'll kind of just break that down there. So that's going to be very big, and I can't wait to do that in the next coming episodes. But I think that's all I have in store for you guys on this podcast. So I just want to say thank you guys for listening, run it back, and who dat?